Oh, yeah? Neil Everett and Scott Van Pelt are waiting on Sports Center with two minutes left in this game. Mr. Van Pelt's happy. His tape's got to win. Reddick for three again. How big is that? Got two shooters, Matthew Hurt and Alex O'Connor. Position. Got the miss. Jones, can he get a shot off? Yes! Jones knocks it down to tie the game. Here comes the ball. Is going to help Carolina, going to help week. What a difference 96 hours makes. Going into that Clemson game, the controversy at the end, beating them, going to Virginia Tech, everybody predicting us to lose because we always lose there, winning that game handily, and then watching Carolina lose in comical fashion on the road at Georgia Tech. Just shut the fuck up. It is Carolina week. And let me just tell you right now, 96 hours before we were talking, how does, how does Duke match up to Carolina? Is there any chance they can do it? We're going to get into all the matchups. First, my main man here, drinking his red wine. Back for a second time this season, Ben. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what we did to get you back here, but I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Had to pay him a lot. <laughs> all the Patreon dollars. Yeah, glad, glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me, man. This is great. It's a lot of fun. You guys know I listen to your podcast every time it comes out. It's a it's a great discussion, and I've been listening to you guys say what I think we said when when I first came on here was you know guys just chill out. This team will gel. It'll get there. Just relax. I'm starting to do it right, and yep. you got that rotation down like we talked about. Everybody's mm-hmm. finding their roles. Everybody's finding a spot. And then Shire listened to you all and found minutes for Stewart. And look, look what happened. <laughs> Clearly listen to the pod because it's uh, uh, a friend of the podcast. 100%. And uh, you're exactly right. Look, after all the commotion, and I kind of really want to bring it back to the start of January where we sat on this podcast and looked at the January schedule and we're like, okay, let's, let's, you know, yeah, we're obviously going to pick Duke to win every single one of these games in January, right? But we know that there's a loss in there somewhere. Did we think that it was going to be uh, against Pitt at home? No, probably not. But we also didn't anticipate that we'd be down two starters, Jeremy Roach and Mark Mitchell. At the end of the day, though, we come out of there with one loss, which is seven and one on the month. Duke is 16 and four. We're seven and two. And now we're going to Carolina, and we have a chance to get within a half game of the top seed, and then we play again Wednesday. So, look, everything's right out there in front of us now. So we got a little bit of the help that we needed. And now we got a lot of momentum. We've won 11 of 12 games. Carolina, who had won 10 games in a row, now lost. They're reeling. So just a lot of North Carolina right now. Good point, Roy. And <laughs> so, really, uh, Jack, I want to start with you because I want to do a real quick recap of of what happened in the in the two wins that, that Duke had and 
you can kind of just break down everything that you saw in Cameron. Yeah, like front row seats, apparently. So I did. I uh, was with the team. He was with the team. <laughs> First row behind the grad student section. Yeah, so talk about uh, talk about that game, the the emotions that were there, how you were feeling with two minutes to go, um, and then obviously Tyrese knocking down those two free throws. We said in the podcast prior, if you actually go back, I should have cut a reel for this. We said we're not worried, and I quote, we are not worried about Tyrese Proctor. He's going to hit them when it counts. Prophecy. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, he did hit them when it counted, but my goodness, just – Free throws. The amount of missed free throws in that game, crazy. It was upsetting. Um, it actually kind of reminded me back uh, in February of 2018, I went up to Madison Square Garden to see Duke play St. John's, and that game ended up being a loss, but almost, almost came back and won that game. I remember screaming no as Trevon Duvall took a corner three that ended up going in and kind of sparking a Duke run. Did the same thing when Flip put up that shot that ended up becoming an and one that he made the free throw for. That really, I, I believe that put Duke back into the lead at 70 to 69. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm not positive on that, but it, it just... The, same exact thing came into my mind. It was, this is going to spark something for Duke. It ended up happening. PJ Hall, of course, did his thing on the mm-hmm. other end. Uh, and then Tyrese. It was a foul, by the way. I was right there. It was a foul. I don't, don't want to hear anything. Multiple it was a foul. Yeah. It wasn't there, a there foul. There were a couple different like things that could have been. Yeah. There were a couple things that could have been called. At the end of the day, it was a foul. I don't want to hear it. Duke won. Tyrese hit the free throws. Uh, there was not a foul on the other end. P.J. Hall just kind of flailed into should Mark. Have been an offensive foul, actually. He should have been a charge. Yeah. That way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, it was. Quite honestly. Uh, it was a 12-point lead. That became six by half. And really just neither team deserved to win that game, but Duke did. <laughs> So I'm not complaining. Um, and, and then to Virginia the Tech. Point. Yeah. Back to the free, Those... uh, free throw point real quick, Jack, because you brought that of up. Course. And I think that's important. Um, it is. Like looking at it, so up until the Notre Dame game, because Notre Dame game is the last game that we shot over 80% from the line, which that's a couple disgusting. of shots here and there, you were 80% or you're 66%. I know how that works. However, that's the last time we were over 80% from the line. We're 75% on the season in that stretch. The last six games were below, we're like 65%. So this team is capable of hitting free throws. I think they've shown that. I think we're just in a bad funk, honestly. And it's obviously made some closer games than we want, but I, I don't see this as an indicative thing, like we can't hit free throws down the stretch. This is my opinion. I also just want to say Flip is definitely fatigued. He's been, you know, he's been holding his own on defense. He's been doing really well defensively. And he's being asked to be a first option on offense. Like, that takes a toll on you physically. I really think the situation that Duke's in right now, where it's it's the short layover the Saturday to Monday that they had this week. Now nothing until Saturday. And then the long layover Saturday to Wednesday next week. I think that's really good, not only for Flip to kind of recover, get his stamina <laughs> back, but also Roach and his uh, ankle, whatever that situation is. 
and just the team as a whole, they've really been playing a little gassed recently. Yeah, I, I think um, <clears throat> Pablo, I, I know that was a point that you were trying to make to the Twitter warriors that are out there bashing flip game in and game out about, you know, lack of intensity and all these other things. Um, you can say a lot of things about flip, but the one thing is that he's getting the, the primary attention of defenses every single night. They're whether mm-hmm. they're doubling and tripling them, everything revolves around him. And then he has to, you know, almost play out of position somewhat uh, at the five yeah. on defense. So just kind of talk about flip and, and, and quiet some of the haters up. Yeah. So uh, I think was that last week we talked about that. I kind of just brought up the point to, um, you know, just everybody shitting on flip and, you know, just kind of questioning his heart and his play and, you know, his, you know, his offensive game or whatever. And I just brought up the point and, you know, a lot of people chimed in. I had people hit me in the DMs like, damn, I never thought about that. Um, Just to the point of, you know, it's like if you're the number one, you know what I'm saying? Uh, If you're the number one option on offense and then you got a guard on defense. You like the the anchor on the number the number one. Just say it. The number one target on defense because they're trying to foul him out. Well, yeah. I mean, you're gonna be the number one on the scouting report regardless. You yeah. know what I mean? Being flip, he's gonna be number one on the scouting report. Defenses are gonna try to take him out of stuff, but they're also gonna try mm-hmm. to you know what I mean put him in a lot of action too to create fouls Absolutely. and just do different and do different things. So I mean, it's gonna take a toll on him. So you see, uh, anytime we play a team that has a you know somewhat of a, a good post player or somebody that he really has to guard his offensive game. He just look at the numbers. It doesn't, it doesn't really, you know what I mean? It doesn't, he doesn't really play that. Like he don't have the gaudy numbers on offense is what I'll say. You know what I'm saying? It's because he's using so much energy, you know what I mean? And we don't have the depth to, you know, I mean, I guess now we, you know, uh, kind of experimenting a little bit more with Sean Stewart and shit like that, but you know, having Ryan young is a plus, but, you know, we're going to have those games, man, where, you know, and I, and it might be one on Saturday, to be honest with you, because he's going to have to do a, a lot on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even though Baycott is not having like the, you know, crazy offensive output or whatever, but he just got to use a lot mm-hmm. of energy, especially against a guy like Baycott. He's big, really active on the offensive rebounds. You know what I mean? He's got to, he's got to put a body on him. He's got to keep it on him. You know what I mean? And he's going, I don't know, man. I don't know. Our guards are going to have to win this game. Here's, here's, the, thing. <clears throat> here's the thing I'm going to say about Flip. And I'm going to sound like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth, but Flip is the number one option on offense, yes, but Duke, Duke can withstand a bad night from Flip, correct? Mm-hmm. Multiple yeah, guys we talked about that a lot. But, yeah, he is our go-to on defense because he's the biggest, he's the strongest, he's the mo- most athletic, <clears throat> as in moving around the box. So, but – you can miss me with like the I'm tired stuff because you asked to be the guy, you knew you were going to be the guy. Now you're the guy. So fully healthy. I'm going to need you to go. And I don't need you to score 20 a night. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing though. D is that he's still, he's still playing hard. He's still doing a hundred percent. You know what I mean? But other things are going to suffer. Like I'm tired. Think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's an adjustment though. But like what he's a sophomore. But what happens when you fatigue, though? You know what I'm saying? The legs start to go. Yeah, that's gonna right. fuck with the. That's it's just, fuck with it's your natural shooting. It's like, yeah, it's just that's how it is, man. He's he's but, not he's not he's not fact, me, man. He's not Superman. But we're also the, we're right. also not saying the fact that he's still getting to the line. The fact that he's still getting to the line that much is impressive. It is and, absolutely, and, and he will he, eventually he'll make those. To go back to that, 
this is development. He's a sophomore, so he hasn't had he hasn't had that target yet. He had that target a little bit last year. He hasn't had that target yet. So yeah, you're like miss me with the I'm tired. Okay, I get it. We're not saying that he can't recover from this. We're not saying that he can't finish the season out great, whatever else. We're, all we're saying is right now, this is an adjustment, especially in January. This is an adjustment, being the number one target on both sides of the ball. Yes, you're, you're he's going to be expected to do this if he wants to be a pro. Understandable. You got to play 82 games just like this. But rarely does anybody just get it right the first time. So he's going to have a bad stretch of games, in my opinion, and I think he's going to recover throughout February, March. That's my opinion on this. And I don't even think he's, he's not a bad even far, games, he's not even far off of his, he's not even far off of his averages right now. He averaged 17 a game. He just had seven. Let me finish my dog. He had 17 the other night. He had nine, he had 14, like, and he's still rebounding like a monster. So I'm, I'm good with it. Like he's going to have a bad stretch. Like you said, we can afford to have bad stretches from Kyle. We can't afford to have bad stretches from Mark Mitchell. We can't afford to have bad stretches probably from Jeremy Rhodes. So those are like the two players that we really have trouble replacing. And we've but, talked about that before on this podcast. But also Duke needs flip on the floor. They do. They do. And he Regu- will be on the floor. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I was going to talk out of both sides. Like, they, Duke needs flip on the floor regardless. Yeah, sure. Sure. And he'll be on the floor. I don't, I, he's not going to not be on the floor unless he's hurt, in my opinion. So you got to miss him with the tired stuff. I need he's, still, he's still going. He's still going to get tired, though. D. He's still going to get tired, I mean, and then you know it's going to be things that's going to take him off the floor because he's going to go through those stretches where he's tired. He's going to do stupid shit like foul somebody for no apparent reason whatsoever. Uh-huh. They're going to have to take him off the floor. You know what I mean? And he's just going to go through the motions. You know what I mean? But he's. I think he, he's getting better at it. He's learning. You know, a lot of people are saying stuff like, "Oh, he's checked out." I'm like, "Where the fuck do you guys get out. this from?" Like, tired I don't, understand, part of the I don't game. understand that kind of language. Tired's a part of the game, and the coaches. Tired's part of the game, and the coaches are going to figure out ways to help him out. Whether that's more Sean Stewart, whether that's Ryan Young, whether that's a different defensive scheme, they're going to find ways to help him out. Whatever. Absolutely. All right. So, so let's move on real quick because I want to finish the segment up, and we got to talk about UNC. But uh, Ben, I'll bring you in here. Obviously, you go up to Blacksburg, right? And I mean, that's not far from you, right? Where you are, Ben. About 35 minutes or so. I mean, it's a short drive south on I-81. Were you there? No. So I was at – I haven't even seen the full game yet. So I was at a a seminar for this in-a-court thing that I'm a part of uh, for work, and I was listening to a presentation. One of the law firms in town was involved in the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial. They were representing Amber Heard. Uh, so I was listening – Sort of listening to that, but really, I had my phone out getting updates on the score. <laughs> yes, sir. Way more important. Clearly, more important. Look, than and, 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 and the weird, like, I know the guy who was the the attorney. I'm, I'm not going to mention his name here because I don't want the Johnny Depp people to go crazy again and start firebombing <laughs> that law firm virtually like they did. I mean, it was crazy what they did to him. He's a really good guy. His daughter is my daughter's age, literally same birthday, and and he's he's a good guy. So I felt bad, not really fully focused on it, but I'm like, man, this, this is Virginia Tech. They've kind of owned us at Castle for a while. We gotta, we gotta get again, we gotta make this one happen. And they did, you know, they they did. I caught the very end of it. I mean that's a big, big win for the Blue Devils. Yeah. Yeah. Huge win. Um obviously, you know, kind of just summation of the game is every time Virginia Tech made a little bit of a run, do counter. Whether it was the you know the huge uh rebound at the end from Sean Stewart giving um, Jeremy Roach another opportunity, 
to hit the dagger at the end of the first half, whether it was Caleb Foster kind of opening the and game. And the troll up. after them. Don't skip over the troll. Yeah, Don't skip over the, the butt pad. Um, but if it was, you know, Caleb Foster kind of opening that first three three minutes stretch of the game where we couldn't find a bucket and they were hitting, Caleb Foster came out and, and knocked down a couple threes and another, uh, another bucket. If it wasn't, you know, uh, Mark finding Jeremy McCain for a huge three to, to get it up into a multiple possession game. Um, every time something happened, we we countered and we countered with a huge punch. Ryan Young played phenomenal. Jeremy Roche, you know, just warrior out there. Tyrese just continues to cook. Jeremy McCain, not even his best shooting night, but had 10 rebounds. So the guy just continues to do everything that's asked of him. Just a huge quality win. And, and the win that um, AC on Brittany Gant, we're going to start the UNC conversation here. Well, let, let, so, me, let, let me just close on one thing, though, yeah, about Flip. Yeah. Because this is one thing that I did want to say, because it's an interesting conversation that's going back and forth. Keep in mind, Flip is averaging just about two blocks a game. And he's yep. right just about at three assists. And I get we want more production from him offensively, but he's, I mean, I get it. He's seven feet tall, but he is not a natural five. And yeah. he, he he's not like a Robert Parrish kind of a guy who can just go down there or like a Charles Oakley and throw people around. That's just not who he is. And for him to do that, and he's close to a double-double. He's like 1.3 rebounds a game away from a double-double. I'm just saying for him to do those things, we may have to accept that his offense is just going to be a little bit off. It's not. It may not be what we were hoping for. But what It'll we saw with Virginia Tech, guys stepped up when they needed to step up. Foster mm-hmm. stepped up. Proctor hit those shots. Roach hit that dagger at the end of the first half. I mean, the team is starting to gel. But how that's going to be – against the Tar Heels, and we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. And I think it's a great point, though, in terms of Flip. Um, again, he's, you know, like AC said, Pablo, he's learning his role. Uh, I hear what he's saying, too. Um, I think when you're, you're asked to be that guy, it, more expectations are there for you. So I think that's fair, too. Um, one thing talking about, though, going into the Blacksburg, you know, coming off that 72-71, you know, just pulling it out of your ass type win against Clemson. Everybody feels like you're going to lose this game going up to Blacksburg. And then also you're talking about, okay, well, then an undefeated in-conference UNC team is going down to um, Georgia Tech to play in Atlanta. I guarantee you, AC, that when we won that game in the as handily as we did against Virginia Tech, because that mm-hmm. game was over with about 10 minutes to go in the second half. Yeah. And we were kind of able to, you know, cut, play snowball the there, play snowball the and all that sort of stuff. I think when they saw that, they were they were like, oh, shit, we actually got to win this game now. And they played tight. I watched that entire game last night against Georgia Tech. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe some of it's tight and some of it's actual scheme. Some of it is Georgia Tech exploited an actual weakness against UNC, which we're going to get to later, and then we'll probably touch on it more in the coach's corner when we do it tomorrow. But it, it, it wasn't so much tight. It was – Georgia Tech, just like they did to us, exploited an actual weakness that UNC has. And whereas we have been able to work on that weakness and and fix the weakness, which was the pick and roll option defense, UNC doesn't have the they don't have the tools to fix what we fixed. So good luck, Tar Heels. Good luck, bitches. Um, but no, like we 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 finished that game from start to tip. Like it was over from the jump. Virginia Tech. Does it? We talked about before. They didn't have whatever we they needed to match up against us, and everything that they did, we matched. 
If they hit a three and got the crowd into it, we hit a three next possession. They got a dunk. We got a dunk next possession, probably from Ryan Young. So <laughs> I know Ryan for that, just, seriously. Right, nah, for real, man. Like, well, I know we're gonna talk about him in a second, but it was it was just that was that was just I know it was only 10 points, but that was dominating. That was truly dominating, man. Like we we just we beat them at at whatever they wanted to try, and we took Couture out of the game, like we talked about. We made the made their guards' lives miserable. We funneled it to MJ Collins, which shout out to him. He hit a couple shots to start the game. Didn't finish the game because he's not that type of player. So we we did exactly we did exactly what we said. Read the scout, play the scout, trust the scout, and just beat this team and get out of here with a win. And we did that exactly. And like Ben talked about, the gravity of Kyle Filipowski is enormous because yes, they're everybody's going to. Everybody's gonna is going to funnel down to, to flip, but everybody playing off of flip and being able to score off of his action is huge. And we just continue to do that, man. And this this team that's why I say this team is built for a final four run because you can shut all that shit down on us. You can try to shut flip down, you might, you can shut down some of the threes, you might, but we're still we, we have a counter, we have a counter to everything that you want to do to us. Yeah, D, I wanted to jump you in here because. Um, you make a great point uh, in the spaces after the Virginia Tech game is that, you know, all the local radio is talking about how does Duke match up with UNC. But to your point, D, talk to him. How does, how does UNC match up with Duke? Get him, D. Get him. Not well. I, I mean, Proctor's <laughs> going to play 30. I mean, I'm serious. Like, Proctor's going to play 38 minutes. McCain's mm-hmm. going to play 38 minutes. Uh, um there's nobody on UNC who's going to be able to guard Proctor to get downhill if he wants to do it. Uh, RJ is going to get locked up by Proctor. Cadeau's not an issue. He can't guard you downhill. I mean, I don't – like like Pablo said earlier, this is going to be a our guards win the game type of game, and I don't know how they stop all four of them. One can have a bad game, but I don't know how you can stop all four of them. Yeah, Pablo, get in here and, and talk about the uh, the guards matchup uh, first before we get into the uh, front court. Um, like guard wise, um, honestly, it's gonna be. I think I think it's 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 a close matchup. You know what I'm saying? I think if you look at it, you know, they do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of what we do. Um, as far as guard wise, like. Uh, Cadeau, I, I disagree, D, uh, when you said he's not going to be an issue. I totally disagree. I think he's an excellent uh, young point guard, really figuring out uh, some things on, in that offense. Remember what uh, Kylan Boswell did to us. It's I don't think it's going to be an issue on defense. Is Well, as far as defense, I'm not, I, you know, I think our guards, regardless, I think our guards are going to be able to do what they, you know, pretty much not what they want to do, but I think it's, I don't think, I don't see that being the problem. What I see being the problem is, uh on us playing defense on them and uh them those those guys can play man i mean i don't don't sleep on those guys rj is out there to do one thing and that's score the ball and he can score the ball elliot is out there to do a few things you know what i mean you know he's he's not a primary scorer but you know he can score uh he, he's more dis- distri- distributing the ball so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting man i think they do like i said i think they do a lot of what we do and it's a little similar you know but they're they're more guard dominant you know what i mean than than us you know what i mean we don't rely on our guards as much as north carolina do because they don't they don't have like a low post present that could get you 30 like flip 
So I don't know. I think it's going to, you know, we playing at Carolina. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun game. I mean, we win obviously, but it's going to be a fun game, man. I, I really like this North Carolina team. I really do like this. They're, North Carolina they're, team. they're a well-built team, but I'm, I'll say this. If you close out on Cormac and you close out on Ingram uh-huh. and you make Davis and Baycott beat you, uh-huh. it's going to be a long night for Carolina. And I'll yeah. say this. Let me say this real quick, real quick. Out of that whole North Carolina, North Carolina lineup, the only person I won't ever be concerned with is Cormac Ryan. That's it. Everybody else, and I'm not saying he's a bum. I'm not. Don't get me right, wrong. Right, right. Don't, don't give him open three. I don't try not to talk bad about players or whatever. But I mean, I just think on the offensive end, you know, what I'm saying like he's the only one on that team that if he scores twenty, it really ain't gonna matter. You know, what I'm saying they lose. You know what I mean? And, so. I, I see what you're saying, Pubs, and I'm closer to D side on this because I, I see exactly what you're saying, which is they are more they are more guard reliant than we are. For sure. However, our guards are better than their guards. And I agree. And our post is better than their posts. So that's that's where I'm with I'm I'm more on the D side of it's gonna be easier for our guards to do what they have to do. Like if Carolina if Carolina wins this game for some odd reason, their guards did some Herculean type shit because they really, they really played, you know, elite, elite, elite to win this game, because like you're saying, they they have to rely on them so much. But if if we are disciplined in our in our in our switch defense, if we hard hedge, if we do all those things in that pick and roll, if we let like you you funnel the ball to Armando, you really do because it's going to be inefficient twos. Just don't foul him. Don't foul him. Let him get those inefficient That's the problem, shots. though. That's the problem. He's, he, though. he's you know only going to get you. He's, he's only going to get you twenty three. He's only going to get you 23. That's it. But he's going to get you 23. He might get you, he he might get you 12 boards. If he gets you 23 with that's expected with three fouls in the first half, that's a problem. I'm just saying, don't foul him. Don't foul him. Let him get it. Just like Sean May. It's just like Sean May back in 04. If you, if you let, if you let Sean May get his 20, but you shut Mm -hmm. the other shit down, you were good. You shut down Rashad McCants. You shut down Jawad Williams. When you let Sean May get 20, you were fine. Yeah. 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 The problem is people didn't figure that out. So you, yeah. you let go, just like they do with Zach Eady, just like Northwestern's doing right now with Zach Eady. Let him get his twenty. Let him get his twenty yeah. and twelve, and it's not so, going to be efficient. Shout like, out, Chris. Let me, just, let me just let me just be really really clear though, like on what I'm saying though, right? Well, like guard wise, do I think our guards are better? Absolutely, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. we have more guards. I think our yeah. four guards are better than their two guards that they have. Right, that and and, and that's what I'm I mean. only worry like, about have, two guards. You know, what I'm and saying? that's what I'm saying. Team, we have more options. Four. Right, so, we, got, we got more yeah. options. We have more versatility, and we have the ability to let somebody get their two points when we're gonna get two, three, two, three, get to the line, all the other stuff because of our backcourt. That's all I'm saying. And yeah, so I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm more on that's all. I'm I more on D side. I'm I'm not saying that they won't. I'm not saying Carolina's guards won't be good. I'm just more on D side of their their guards are gonna have to do some. They're they're gonna really have to lift some weight. For this yeah. team to win this game, that's all. I'm but it's it's North Carolina versus Duke. Oh, of, course of course they're gonna. Of course, of course they're gonna play lights out. So, of course. I mean, it's and, and, and it's and it's at, and it's at Carolina, so you you of have course. to expect that somebody like that. Um, of course, Seth Trimble is gonna have twenty five. Of course, of course, you're gonna expect somebody like you know <laughs> Seth Trimble or Jalen Washington to have the game of their lives. But Jack, exactly, I'm gonna bring you in here. Um, you know, what, what kind of what matchups are you more specifically looking at? Um, from a kind of a one-on-one that you, you take that can make or break this game? 
Mitchell versus Ingram. Yep. I think Harrison Ingram and how he performs is going to be Carolina's key offensively. I Didn't think he get a little banged up too after that Georgia Tech game. I think he is. Don't quote me on that, but I do think he. I'm is. sure he'll be fine. I'm just saying, I think he's a little banged yeah. up. So. I'm I'm intrigued because again, I think I think Duke's going to try to funnel the ball to Ingram. We'll, we'll talk about that a little more later, um, and a lot in the coach's corner. I think Duke's going to try to funnel the ball to Ingram though, and make him either score or facilitate. I would which, absolutely make that dude shoot. I know he shoots forty. Exactly. Three. Make him shoot. Yeah, make but him the shoot. volume, low volume. Make him shoot tough Ugly shots. Form. Make him shoot. Yeah. And then Cormac shoot tough ass shots from the corners or mm-hmm. whatever, and live with whatever Baycott and RJ give you. Not RJ, but Baycott, yes. Because there's nobody on Carolina's team who can match up with Duke. Nobody. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm interested to see how Mark does against Ingram, though, because that's. Maybe the closest physical matchup that Mark's going to have all season. Do you like think most that, equal. Do you think we put Mark on Baycott and let Flip play Ingram because Ingram is tertiary on the offense? Uh, I wouldn't. That that keeps Flip out of foul Absolutely trouble. Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, you, you, no, need, I mean, you need you need Flip with the size. It okay. Could work. I, I'm just I'm I'm looking from a standpoint of they're going to get the ball to Armando. They don't get the ball to Harrison Ingram, and he's not a driver. He's not somebody who's going to post you up. Flip on 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 Ingram, in my opinion, takes him out of out of the foul trouble game immediately. Like you put yeah, him on Armando, three fouls by the first segment. Ingram's the first or second. Ingram, he won't have a foul in the entire first half. That's all I'm saying. It forces Mitchell to guard Baycott, and I think that that's fine. Is... Let Mark let Mark float and let Baycott get his two points. I don't care about his two points. I don't give a fuck about his two points. Look at my. Uh-huh. I don't give a fuck behind me. I don't give a fuck about his two points. I don't. Uh, I, bet. I don't care. About Two points. Let him get uh, it. Ben, ben, we got, ben, we got it. Ben, we got to get the AC catch his breath here. Ben, come in here, kind of, um, you know, write the five point play ship a little bit here. During, <laughs> during Carolina, we we get a little, we get a little rambunctious. Carolina, only a little. Only a little. Yeesh. Goodness. All right. So here's what I think, and let me just be straight with you. I mean, probably like you guys, you only have so much free time. Why am I going to waste it watching Carolina games? I'm I'm not going to do it. I mean, I'm not going to watch Carolina games in my free time. I'm just not going to do it. So the only amount of Carolina that I've seen all season was like the last 10 minutes of the Georgia Tech game last night because I saw on Twitter that that it was blowing up and and Carolina might lose, so I watched it. But I do think R.J. Davis, he can make plays. And if he takes control of the game – that's going to be an issue. If he gets going, he gets cooking, he starts kicking out to people, he starts getting those crap foul calls, which we can talk about for a while, that's going to be a problem. I think, though, Proctor is going to be important here. Roach is going to be very important. But let's just say this. You're talking about who's going to guard Baycott. This could be a game where Sean Stewart comes in Starts blocking shots, getting a lot of rebounds, redirecting things. Ryan Young's probably going to have to play some minutes. This could be a game for Stewart for him to make a name for himself and and really be uh, a key part of the team going forward. But I, I do think the issue of how you manage flip and potential foul trouble is going to be very important. But I like our guards. I like our depth at guard. And I like how Proctor plays defense at guard. I like what he can do on both sides of the floor. But it's going to be a guy that 
you know, a lot of times you see a guy step up that you weren't expecting in some fashion of the game. Like when Kyle Singler was a freshman and he had a double-double and he played the five and everybody was saying, nobody saw that happening. It could be something like that. <laughs> but I, I'm just going to say if you can if you can keep the Davis in, in his kind of zone and not let him go beyond that, like keep him kind of around his average, uh, like we did with uh, who was the guy at Clemson that came in from Syracuse where he was a non-factor. Yeah, he was a non-factor for most of the game. Okay, we can do that or neutralize him to some extent. And Proctor's going to have to play great D, which we know he can do. That's I think that's going to be very, very important. But again, I'm not going to spend my free time watching the Tar Heels. I'm just not going to do. It. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. It's probably a pretty smart move, especially for your blood pressure. Uh, it's, just, it's just not worth it. Um, <laughs> the, the the game on Saturday will give you enough for a lifetime. But um, you know, I think. He makes a good point about uh, the Proctor. To me, the Proctor uh, RJ Davis matchup is is the ball game. Whoever shows that they're the the better point guard, the better player, the better leader for their team, I think is ultimately the team that is going to win this game. And the thing is, is that Proctor has you know the length, the athleticism, uh, and the moxie, quite frankly, to take RJ Davis out of the game. And that doesn't mean that Orange Davis won't get his 18 to 20, but if it's 18 to 20 on 17 to 20 shots, I live with that all day. I have no problem letting Orange Davis get 20 points if you know you kind of employ the same defensive strategy that Stoudemire did for Georgia Tech, which is almost like, go ahead, RJ, you get yours on 24 shots, but we're not going to let the rest of the team beat us. And you know, I think that he did that very well, and I think you can see some of the same tactics that we used against Virginia Tech where you're kind of, you know, running some of these guys off the line and, you know, saying our guards are better than your guards on offense and our guards cook. And I think that's what's going to happen in this game. I think it'll be a battle for the first, you know, 25, 30 minutes, but then we start imposing our will because our four guards are better than any other four guards in the country. So that's what I think is, is ultimately what's, what's going to be the difference in this game. And it's going to be led by, by Tyrese Proctor. Um, Jack, your boy Triple B Baycott, he is—he's AC's boy, not mine. Well, hey, he's, he's still, he's still hey. but Jack, I want to get you in on um, talking about the the Baycott uh, matchup because you know, like any other game, um, you know, I think it's the last three games he's he's had nine points. So you have to expect mm-hmm. that he's going to come out here, you know, in his nineteenth opportunity at home against Duke to put up, you know, a, a big game. What do you see Duke doing uh, strategically to try to limit that and, and really try to you know keep him from getting 20 rebounds? Crash the glass with Flip and Mitchell. Obviously, you know, McCain, amazing rebounder. I wouldn't be shocked if Jared McCain out-rebounded Mark Mitchell. Or Mark Mitchell. Well, yes, but Armando Baycott this game. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if that happened, if Jared out-rebounded Baycott. <laughs> Baycott hasn't, Baycott hasn't had double-digit rebounds in five games. Exactly. He had nine and nine against Georgia Tech. He looks The thing with Baycott is they're really kind of using him as a decoy for Davis mm-hmm. this year, forcing someone to double off, and someone gets open. It always ends up being R.J. Davis with the ball and everyone collapsing on him, but too little too late. And, Jack, that's one of the things that's happened, and we're going to touch on this in Coach's Corner, 
them they they utilize pick and roll more than they ever have in the history of North Carolina basketball. And the fact that they're taking him away from the basket, his offensive rebounding numbers have dove yeah, they've tanked this year, haven't the they? Completely yeah. tanked. This dude was he he used to average like five to six offensive rebounds a game, which is insane. That's an insane number. Kudos to him, but that's that's why his rebounding numbers have been so good. Now teams are pulling him out on the perimeter on defense, so he's not getting those boards. And and he's also now running that pick and roll. RJ's just getting to the rack and doing what he does. Armando hasn't been able to get any offensive boards. So I'm not saying we sleep on him. What I'm saying is you can con- continue to attack him in that way and you minimize what he does. At that point, Armando Baycott is nothing but a mid-level big at that point. Like you're averaging you, you get nine points and you get six, seven boards, you're nothing. You're not a difference maker. Right. I think the big thing with him also is he keeps he keeps getting burnt on switches on those pick and rolls defensively. Luke is a right. team that is right now built around the pick and roll with uh, short roll is going to kill the you short roll. The short roll with either Mitchell or Filipowski is going to destroy Baycott. It's Baycott's seventh year at the program. What else does he have to prove? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, this is not been long as a coaching staff. Um, Pablo, kind of, kind of break it down though for us uh, in terms of how do we play Baycott? How does how does Baycott try to guard Flip? Because I feel like that that's a huge matchup as well. Yeah, so I mean, traditionally, if you go back and look at it, um, Baycott has he's had a, a lot of success guarding Flip, um, especially like last year. I mean, he did a good job on Flip. He was, and he he was spent, on Flip last year though. Yeah, I he thought it was leaked. I thought time. Baycott. That Baycott was on D Live. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying as a secondary defender, he was on okay. Lively because Lively wasn't that much of an offensive right. threat other than you. being vertical spacer. So that gave Armando a lot of time to just roam and get the weak side blocks, you know what I mean? And do double and just do different things like that and pretty much clog the paint. So, I mean, this year they don't, they have the same kind of thing, but they don't have the length that they had unless uh, until the old boy from a, uh, what's the old boy that comes in uh, after Ingram? Washington. But, uh, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, that's when uh, Armando does a little bit more roaming, you know, Washington mm-hmm. and not when, uh, not when Ingram's in, but um, you sure. know, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going I'm telling you, it's going to be interesting. As long as flip is in the game, I feel good. I feel confident. Um, If he gets in foul trouble, I'm telling you, we could be in trouble. Sure. Telling you. That's we that's, can get in trouble. That's again why I again why I I I beg. I, I beg and plead. Let Flip can handle it. Flip can play anybody on the program. Put Flip on Ingram. Please put Flip on Ingram. Mark is not gonna get in foul trouble so, with because so, Mark's gonna play straight up. Jalen Washington so only plays though, like what's... seven, eight minutes a game. I ain't worried about that. I'm not worried about that. Okay. And we've shown already with Armando, with the Paulo team, when you have a versatile big like Flip or Paulo, Armando's toast. He's toast. He can't guard. So we're going to get him in plenty yeah. of switches. We're going to get him in plenty of switching. I, honestly, I think Armando is going to be on Mark Mitchell, and I think that Flip is going to have Harrison Ingram on him, in my opinion. I think Harrison Ingram is going to guard Flip. That's how I feel it's going to go. I mean, Because they're going to do the same thing they did with Leaky Black last year. Ingram's a bigger I mean, honestly, pro- problem it, it, for Flip than Flip is for Ingram, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think so. That. Ingram doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything huh? as the primary play as the primary player. I'm, he doesn't I'm, do anything. Like this, he's literally. What do you mean he doesn't do anything? 
He's the he's, first. No, as as the, listen to what I'm saying. Just listen to what I'm saying. Don't 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 overreact. As the primary player, is it? Are are you gonna come down? Are you gonna bring the ball down from baseline and then throw it to Harrison Ingram and say, "Go yeah. get me a bucket individually"? Yes. You are yeah. with Harrison Ingram. Absolutely. With Harrison yes. Ingram, you're gonna say, "Go get me a bucket individually." Okay, if you're saying that, then we're gonna win by twenty. Harrison Ingram doesn't do that. That's not his game, y'all. That's not. I'm his not game. saying. He's, I'm, he's I'm a not secondary he's player, score, tertiary no, at not. best. He doesn't uh, get Let's Pablo Chase here. Yes. Awesome. I don't yeah, know, I man. I hope that happens. Yes. Please, uh, all right, happen. Pablo. Go, go ahead. Let I mean, I did. I don't know, man. I don't know. I disagree with that. Let because, that happen. Uh, let, let Harrison I Ingram think be that, their primary score, please. Absolutely. You know, Armando. I'm going to give my mic. Ingram. Can, he can definitely he can definitely hurt you. He can definitely hurt you because he could do it. You know what I mean? He could do it from inside and he can do it from outside. That's why so, I said stop him. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I think Jack was right. I think one of the I think probably the key matchup will probably be Mark Mitchell and Ingram more than anything. If we can take him out the game, you know, I think we gotta, you know, I think we might have a better chance. You know what I mean? I, shit. RJ, it doesn't matter what we do with RJ, because he's gonna shoot the ball regardless. Give him his 20. He's gonna he's gonna yep. put up shots regardless. He's huh. either gonna make or miss that shit. Now the importance of having flipping a game. And I wasn't saying so much on the offensive end, but it is obviously it's important because he, you know, he's that threat. But the importance of having flipping the game is going to be his fucking rebounding. We need his rebounding more than anything. I think I would I would argue that we need him to rebound more than we need him to score because the guards can handle the scoring piece. You know what I'm saying? We need somebody to rebound because we know when Flip comes out the game, you have Mark, uh, and then you have you know Ryan Young or whatever, and we d- we really don't rebound that well when flip comes out the game, you know what I mean? You have, you know, from the wing, you'll have Jared rebounded from the wing and everything, but I don't know, man. This is why I, I say I want flip on Ingram because they don't use Ingram like that. As much as we're saying he can do it. They don't, I see your face TK. What, tell me when they use Ingram like that. I'm about to show you on court. I'm about to show you on coach's corner tomorrow. They don't use Ingram like that. They don't. He is not their primary guy. Their primary so, offense is R.J. Davis. No, no, we know he's not. Armando that. Baycott. I'm telling. Uh, yes, they give the ball to Harrison. Yeah. It, Harrison Ingram is used like we use Mark Mitchell against his own. They give it to him in the middle of the floor. He passes to whoever he wants to pass to on the outside, and he's opportunistic. He's an opportunistic scorer. He's not a primary scorer. He's not a take. Yeah, but he doesn't have score. to be a. He's not a post score. Primary score. He doesn't though, have to, to be, to but he you. does that because you have to pay so much attention to R.J. You have to pay so much attention to Armando. And that's what teams have done. And that's a mistake people make against UNC. Kentucky didn't make no. that mistake. They said, I don't give a fuck about Armando Baycott. Let him do his thing. And they shut Harrison Ingram down for the most part. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they focus. I think you need to focus more on keeping Armando off the glass. They're not, I don't, nobody's not focused on Armando, like them throwing it to him in the block. And no, nah, but know, that's what teams try to do. Tricks. The teams that you know lose to Carolina that, try to stop him from scoring foolish. on the block. And, and, and I know it's foolish. It's very foolish. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. It's foolish, That's foolish to try to stop Armando Baycott from just doing the the, the traditional back to the basket score in the post. You're foolish to do that. We've proven that yeah. the past five years that he's been in the program. We've proven that you just you don't you don't care about what Armando gets you because Armando's gonna get what he gets. But you have to shut down the other shit. You got to shut down the Brady Mannix. You got to shut down the R.J. Davises. You got to shut down those other dudes that are on top of what Armando does. And I, I don't agree that you just let our RJ Davis run wild. You still have to funnel him to his bad spots. However, shut down Ingram. Harrison Ingram no, is you, not a primary. Harrison Ingram's not a primary scorer. He's not a primary offensive not player. 
He's not. He's not. Right. I'm but telling that's, you that's right what now. I'm he's saying. not. See, so you don't have to be the primary play, primary offensive. Obviously, he's not the. He's only what is he? A third lead. So scorer what I'm saying, he's a third lead scorer. He's averaging twelve points a game. So what I'm saying is you can you can put flip on Harrison Ingram because Ingram's not yeah, going to take you off can. the bounce. He's not going to take you off the bounce. He's not going to post you up and they're not going to run in any kind of picking plays to get switches for Harrison Ingram. That's not what they do. That's all uh, I'm saying, man. I got That's you, all I'm saying. So if you never... want to keep flipping the game, if you want to keep so flipping the game, Mark. Put if if you want to keep flipping the game, put Mark that is what on he's Baycott, saying, yes. put Mark on Baycott and let him just do what he does and let Mark float. And then you put flip on Harrison Ingram so he doesn't get in foul trouble so he can get these boards like we're talking about so he can do what he does and just rest. He doesn't have to play the primary or secondary offensive player at that point. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not crazy you, for saying but- it. I I don't I'm not saying you crazy, but I definitely wouldn't do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, okay. okay. Uh-huh. This is where they get paid and they don't get paid. And I might get fired yes. for this. I might There's get fired no for it. Take me off the podcast after this. All right. Seriously, yeah, they take definitely, me off the uh, podcast on Sunday. But I, so, I don't I, I'm telling you right now, so, flip so on Ingram so would be the matchup I would go with. I would go with that. Uh, we do have a we do have a guest on the podcast. So Ben, I do want to come in here and you know. You, I'm sorry, uh, Ben. I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna go on mute. I'm, I'm, I got kicked off. I'm going on mute. Kick you up, basically. Ben, I, I want to bring you in here um, to kind of, um, you know, see, see how do, how do you see this game going? I think that one thing that um, obviously Keeper Davis, I, I think we all agree on this podcast that he's not the coach that John Shire is, but one thing that he has done this year is try to bring back that, you know, traditional, you know, get out on the secondary break for Carolina, which is one area where I really believe that Duke has to focus on is getting back in transition and, and limiting those opportunities, which, to be honest with you, is kind of where Armando gets a, a, a good chunk of his buckets this season. He's getting out in transition and just beating people down the court. You know, kind of talk about, um, you know, you obviously don't watch much Carolina, which I applaud. Um Talk about Duke's offense and what Duke can do, because we spend a lot of time talking about our defense. But what do you see Duke's offense uh, being able to do uh, against Carolina? So what I've noticed about the Blue Devils watching them this season is they adapt to who they are playing. These guys figure out the other team's weak spots. They like you started with Virginia Tech, they were down against Virginia Tech for a while. I had the game on actually before this started, right? And I was watching it. And they take some time to settle in and then they find their groove. And once they find their groove, it can get it can get deadly for the other team. But because of the issues that we've been talking about all night, okay, the lack of depth at the at the four and the five position, sometimes the offense will slow down a little bit. But I think I think if I am Hubert Davis, the thing that I am worried about is does Caleb Foster get going? Does McCain get going? You know, when Shire was a freshman, he started hitting big shots against Carolina, right? And he always played well against the Tar Heels. Is it somebody like that who starts making a lot of plays? And you see the team, maybe they're not all five moving at once like we need them to, but three or so guys are moving. 
and you're seeing a lot more movement. So what I what here is kind of my takeaway on the game. And this is simple. Sports are simple. We make them much more complicated than they need to be, but it's very simple. Can we control rebounding? Can we find a way to stay out of foul trouble? Because Baycott, let's be real, he's kind of a dirty player, right? Right. Does anybody dispute that? I mean, it's a bit of an understatement. Right. It's a bit of an understatement. Right. But he knows how to use his body and he knows how to position people and he knows how to pick up fouls. I mean, he's a smart player. He knows what he's doing. He's been there a while. If we can guard him without fouling him, and I like the idea of just letting Baycott score a bunch of points, but otherwise kind of shut him down defensively. So you kind of take away some of those threes, some of those transition opportunities, all those sorts of things. Look, these guys, the Blue Devils will find a way. I mean, they, they will find a way to score. If it's Roach, if he's like, okay, guys, everybody clear out of the way. I'm going to drive to the basket and take over. If it's Proctor, who's just going to be doing those uh, fadeaway shots, or if he's going to be doing – the three-point shots, he's going to be doing whatever. I don't know if Flip's going to score a lot of points, but I think there's a couple of X factors. If Mark Mitchell gets those dunks near the basket, we are going to all be really happy. If he's getting those dunks near the basket, we're all going to be really happy. So watch a guy like him. I don't think necessarily offensively it'll come down to this, but if Sean Stewart comes in and plays really good defense, if he puts a body on people, if he gets a block here and there, if he causes a steal or disrupts something in transition, that could be enough to put put Duke over the edge. Because as much as I like this team, they don't seem to be back to that game against Pitt where they just ran Pitt out of the building. I don't think we're necessarily going to see that from this squad a lot going forward. Maybe we will, but they're not, I don't think they're there right now. No. I mean, they made every shot against Pitt, but I will say – I like where your head's at because Sean Stewart and Caleb Foster could potentially have career nights at Duke against Carolina. Um, There's not a lot of film on Stewart. We said earlier at Countdown to Craziness that if there's going to be one dude that gives you 20 out of the blue, who would it be? A lot of us said Sean Stewart. Um, That could be his night. Foster can give you all types of scoring in minimal minutes. I think he could have that type of night. Um, but I like what AC said a few uh, podcasts ago, like this team needs Proctor to score 12 to 15 a night, at least like you're no longer a threat. I need you to get downhill and be a problem and also play two ways and defend, be the best defender on the court, regardless of the position. And if he locks in on on Davis and he keeps Davis out of the game or it just holds him to right around his average, Hubert is going to be sweating, right? He's going to be pulling a Gary Williams, okay? And (laughs) But I'm just saying, to your point about Stewart, he doesn't need to score 20. What did he do when he started coming in and playing finally? It wasn't scoring points. It was grabbing rebounds. It was deflecting shots or redirecting shots. Just if he comes in, if he, yeah, exactly. If he comes in and gives those energy minutes, like Ryan Young was doing against Virginia Tech, that's what that's what we're going to need. That's what we're going to need to see happen. Those kind of things can elevate a team. And you know, Roach Roach is going to go into his mode at some point. He's just going to take people off the dribble and make plays. But it's a question of what happens before that. Is it Caleb Foster stepping up? Is it McCain getting some shots going? 
And if you're Davis, how do you guard all those guys, right? How do you guard all those guys? Like we've all talked about the four guards are going to cause problems. So how do you guard all those people if you're Carolina? You can't. You can't. We haven't even said Ryan Young. Ryan Young's name, and he's going to be so important. Ryan Young had integral minutes in that second game we had against UNC last year. He's going to be a key. Derek fact. Lively only. Derek Lively only played 17 minutes in the second game. Was foul trouble, had, right? he, yeah, he had that incredible first game. Only played 17 minutes in the second game because of foul trouble. And this this is why I don't. This is this is exactly why I don't want flip. This is why I don't want flip on on Armando Baycott at all because at UNC at Carolina. Coming off of a loss against, say what we want about it, coming off a loss against Georgia Tech, where refs were a part of the the equation, they're going to be looking to call fouls for Armando. I promise you, they are, and we know that. We already know that. We if we if we want to say that every play, every team we play is going to shoot twenty five for twenty five from three, then we damn sure better be able to say that Carolina's going to have forty five fouls called for them. That's so if we point. want flipping, if we want flipping the game for rebounding, if we want our guys in the game. We, we cannot have Flip playing back-to-the-basket defense on Armando Baycott. Maybe it's our secondary – maybe it's the secondary defender coming over to help who gets the foul calls on him, whatever. I don't care. All I'm saying is Flip one-on-one with Armando is going to be in foul trouble. He just is. Say what you yeah, want. He just is. I, I said so that. I don't want I, him – I don't want, so I don't want him on Baycott. But the Mark reason Mitchell why sub, Mark, Mark, Mitchell was, Mark Mitchell plays 23 minutes a game. He subbed in with Ryan Young. He subbed in with Sean Stewart. Flip plays 30 minutes a game for us. So that means the subs are not for Flip. The subs are for Ryan Young. The subs are for Sean Stewart. The subs are for Mark Mitchell. So well, if you're going to sub. What Carolina going to do? Let me, let they're going to try to get him in the switches, which is they're going to try to get him in switches, which is exactly why I want Flip on Ingram. So I want Flip on Ingram. But regardless of who they, you know they're going to try to do, they're going to try to get Flip to guard RJ. So whoever Flip is guarding, that man if is going to they run be pick and roll RJ, with Ingram and RJ, switch, and they're going to do that. If they run flipping, if yeah, they that. if they run picking, if they run pick and switch with RJ and 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 Ingram, then good luck to them because they haven't done that all season. But you gotta, yeah, but you gotta think about what's the effect to that though. If you do that though, right? Then you the have, effect to that is really that they haven't done player. it. No, but you got a really small player guarding Armando, who's just gonna roll and pin whoever he is, whoever he whoever's guarding him down under the basket. Throw if it you into got him. Mitchell on Armando, then they're gonna time. have a small player right. on him. If you have Mitchell, huh? Ryan Young, and Sean Stewart on Armando, you don't have a really small player on him. If you if but they're nobody trying, if they're trying to target flip. flip, if they're trying to target flip and flip is on Ingram, then then you're not going to have a small player on Armando ever, because you're but, always going to have that big secondary defender on Armando at the entire time. If they're trying to run pick and switch with Ingram and Davis, so Ingram is setting the pick for Davis, and now you're mm-hmm. going to get Roach who's guarding Davis, and now he gets switched over to Ingram. All right, you know what? We can live with that because Ingram's not going to take him to the post and score. He's not. And if he he's does, not going to take who? Have, then you have secondary Roach? help. You have secondary help if, if Ingram takes Jeremy Roach or Tyrese Proctor or or Jared mm-hmm. McCain to the post. You have secondary mm-hmm. help. That's not flip. You have secondary help with that. That's all I'm saying. If they run, I hear the what offense, you're saying. If they run the offense through Harrison Ingram. As the individual the offense, offensive player, not, not get carried away now. They're not. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's no, exactly why. That's I'm not saying. what I'm telling you. I know. I'm just saying that that's exactly why I'm saying. If you put Flip on Ingram, you set yourself up for or, for a better situation than if you just put Flip on Armando 
and 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 just let him foul out with foul, five fouls in the first half because that's what's going to happen against Armando Baycott. It always does. It always has, and it's what's going to happen on Saturday if we just if we just sit in that. I'd yeah, I mean that's going to happen. Guard with whoever, whoever's whoever's guarding him is going to have a lot of fouls. Exactly. You know Brian saying? Young's going to foul that's out. Why, Sean Stewart's you know going to foul at least. I yeah I I definitely agree with that. I definitely. I'd agree rather that, that happen. Those guys flip. guard him. Sean Stewart might foul out in two minutes. I'd I'd rather that happen than Flip fell out. Real talk, you know what I'm saying. But you need Flip on the court though. You, you know do. what I'm saying. That's I'm just saying, saying, just from a coaching standpoint, just like everything, bro. Like that's why it's counters and everything else. So whatever we do, exactly, they ain't gonna do nothing but counter that. So that's you're gonna exactly give what up. I'm you're gonna you're gonna give something up. So you put Flip last on year. Flip Armando's gonna eat. If we if we're giving Flip, Flip up. played Pete Nance real quick, like real quick. Sorry, D, real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this in 30 seconds. Flip played Pete Nance last year. He didn't play Armando, and that's why he stayed in every single one of those games. He never had more than three fouls. But we had Lively though. We didn't need him to. We, we did have Lively, Lively, but but Lively is Lively. But Lively was in foul trouble for the second game, and we had Ryan Young come in. All I'm saying is, with Mark yeah, Mitchell, yeah, yeah. Ryan Young, and Sean Stewart, you have 15 fouls to use on Armando Baycott, as opposed to the five fouls that you have for Flip, and that's it. That's Ooh. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I hear you. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not done. disagreeing I'm with you totally. I'm just I'm saying done. though. What I'm saying is that like your philosophy is good, but what I'm saying though, I can already see the counter to that though. Like with North, how North Carolina is going to counter that. So regardless of what we do, Flip is just going to have to be smart because he's going to end up guarding Armando a lot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's just the bottom line. We can't. We can't be talking about our best player playing that their best player and and be like, well, we don't want to get him in foul trouble, so let's go. Let's let's move him. No. No, no. Iron sharpens That happens iron. all the time, D. That's Shit. fine. You That's move your best offensive player all the time on somebody that you don't want him guarding. That happens on a regular basis. You don't move your best defensive player off their best post player. Flip's not our best defensive player. In the post he is. In the post he is. He's our only defensive player in the post. <laughs> all right, then he's our best. The so why? <laughs> because you let Armando score his inefficient two points. Let him score. Let Armando right. score 45 points, and they'll end the game with 52 points. <laughs> All right, so this is obviously not a, um, exactly. This is obviously not one that we're going to be able to resolve right here, right now. But one thing we can do. If you want to see this is, debate continue, tune into the Patreon for Coach's exactly, Corner. Exactly, I was just going to say Coach's that, Corner is um, going to be a mess. <laughs> exactly. If, if you ever wanted to watch a Coach's Corner, I, I implore you, now is clearly the time because – there's going to be even more fireworks over there when AC has his takes, Pablo has his, the, you know, God bless you, you're there. And then um, Jack's going to be running the sticks. But we got to get a couple of predictions here. That's what we got to do. Um, this is um, the biggest game we've had all year. So, Ben, you're our guest. Break it down. 30 seconds. What do you see happening? Give, give me a score. Duke wins. Tar Heels leave with two minutes left because they think it's over then it gets tight but roach puts it away big game i'm not going to give you a score but i'm just going to say the blue devils win and go to hell carolina go to hey. hell. perfect d what do you got oh man no score for me uh can i give you like keys to the game yes all right keys to the game proctor needs to continue his upward climb um Stock is rising. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, two ways, be a threat and, and an option on both sides. Um, I, 
I think Foster has a big game. I think Stewart might have a big game. Duke scores 80-plus and wins. There it is. Jack, what do you got? I am going to give a score. Give me 83-76, to 76, Duke. Um, I think I think Roach is going to have a good first half and then kind of fade a little bit in the second half just because he's still got that ankle a little bit. Um, I think he's going to start the game really strong, and I think that McCain, Proctor are going to pick him up in the backcourt. I think Mark's going to have a big game. Um, Flip, I mean, I don't know, Flip's 50-50 on big game at this point, just any given day. But, yeah, g- give me give me all that. I think Flip could have a big game. I think Mark will. I think Jeremy's going to start the game strong. There we go. Pops, what do you got? You already know, man. I don't make no predictions. You know what I'm saying? JFW. Just fucking win. Just, just, just fucking win, bro. Like, I don't care if we win by fucking one point. <laughs> just win the fucking game. But what I like, what I would like to see, though, is I would like to see us win, like I said the last time on a controversial call, something crazy like, you know, RJ going to the basket, Flip step in at the very last minute. They call an offensive foul on RJ when Flip wasn't even set. I'd be good with that. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> Same. Facts. Uh, love that. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm with uh, I'm with Ian and with Jack. I think if Duke scores 80, we win. I think that does happen. I think if we, again, cover uh, the defensive transition, we'll be fine. If we, if we have our guards continuing to attack, I think we're going to win this game. I think, you know, 82 78 is where I'm at. Um, but Duke's going to win this game. I, I, I'm very confident if you would have asked me this. You know, 96 hours ago. I hey, I'm calling for the answer. ball. I don't get a prediction. I'm not done yet. You weren't going to let me get a prediction. You were about to end the show. I'm gonna get, I was I'm not about to end the show. I, it, it, I, I was not about to end the show. Now, I'm <laughs> you would have asked me that 96 hours ago. I may have had a different answer for you. Who in one way end this podcast is with the fieriest of the fire. Hey, what do you got for me, Look, on the 20-year anniversary, right, one day less, the game with Duhan with the reverse layup was on February 4th, 20 years ago, 83-81. So on the 20-year anniversary, it's my duty to not give you an 83-81 prediction, motherfucker, 90-76. to We're going to beat oh my that God. They don't match up with us. I am sorry. 97-6. Oh, this made my night, guys. This was awesome. Two Sheesh. things, two things I want. Well, three things I want to say. One again, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Two, thanks for we got, up with us. We got these ready at the site. There you go. Hope, optimism, and balls. Rich Landia, <laughs> 10 and 2. That's my dad. Richard, his annual season prediction for Duke football, 10 and 2. Get your new shirts. Go to bullcitycoordinators.com. You can check it out. While you're there, uh, I had two interviews that I did recently, one with former head coach Fred Goldsmith, which was great. But right before that, I did an episode devoted to Roman history. I know a lot of people out there are big history buffs. I had a classics professor from the College of Charleston, Dr. Jennifer Garish, come on. We might make that a recurring segment where we talk about Roman history. So just check that out. But again, guys, thanks a lot for having me on. This has been a blast. And as always, go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Let's go. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell.
Appreciate you, baby. AC, take this away, buddy. Thank you guys for popping on the Five Point Play podcast. Thank you, Ben. Bull City coordinators, make sure y'all follow on Twitter. You better follow on Twitter. If you listen to the podcast right now, go follow. Don't you dare not follow. This man is always on. We're always on. We're always here with you. Instagram, Twitter. Jack's got the biggest following on Instagram history ever for anybody Duke related. Ever. So go follow that, man. If you already, you already followed him, so I don't even know why I'm saying that. Go follow Coach P. Go follow D. TK, you don't have your socials up there. Go follow, find TK, and good luck. Where's Waldo? Good luck. <laughs> find TK, get a shirt. I don't give a fuck. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. 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 Go, Duke